0: Oh yeah, it's evening there. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here. Okay, um, first of all, I just want to be able to applaud you, Rachel, for being a lady promoter. Yeah. <laughs> Thank
1: you, for. Yes. Thank you.
0: And um, I want to ask you, because the other guy, I don't know his name, he was actually talking about weight. Was there a time where Nonito I mean, had problems making weight for a fight ever? because it's always been no. skinny you know even he no, in... has made okay.
1: weight from 112 to 115 to 118 to 122 to 126 back down to 118 he has never missed weight ever
0: yeah yeah because um even in between fights he's he's never ballooned or anything like that he's always fit right
1: yeah i mean i think that's one of the one things that we have noticed with a lot of the boxers is zoom Yung disciplina. Yeah. Uh, they lack yung disciplina. At uh we it's it's not just you know of course yung Filipino boxers, but there's a lot of other nationalities that we have seen at we're friends with, that when when yung fight is over, they balloon forty yeah. pounds. At uh, you know it, it's a different kind of mentality because you always have to re reprogram. Um, you know you shouldn't be ballooning up at that it's kind of difficult to explain that and they're saying you know of course you don't understand because yeah, we cut weight so much yeah but oh, for us um you wouldn't have to cut weight if you were just being healthy
0: yeah so, so is think...
1: always um Sorry. within the weight at that he's always eating pretty healthy at the, you know we have our cheat days here and there mm-hmm. but oh, he's always in the gym um He doesn't overindulge. So I think that's the the big key factor.
0: You know what? I think that's the most challenging thing for a boxer, for example, right? Because I understand why people do that. I understand why people, after a fight, they celebrate. You know, the money and everything. They go for a vacation. uh, They spend time with their family. They drink. They eat whatever they want. Um, And as a boxer, you have to discipline yourself because you have to prepare prepare your body because that's your, you know, Money maker, you know that's where your butter I mean your bread gets buttered Um does no need to have any somehow problem I'm talking about weight because it's it is very important you know a lot of people overlook that that it's easy to cut weight when they see a fighter actually droggy and you know almost falling down uh, during the weigh-ins they think that okay you know it's not gonna make weight they're not thinking about the discipline and the training that goes beyond you know with that you know behind the scenes so my question is how do no need to celebrate a victory and how do he discipline himself like okay i'm not i'm not gonna overindulge i need to do this i need to do that was there a time when he was like oh my god you know i want to drink um uh, uh, maybe yung isang bote ng beer or whatever was there a time like that or gusto kong kumain ng maraming kanin
1: no there was a time for sure um when I first met him, he was very, um, when you would ask him, um, why are you trying to finish the food on your plate?
0: Mm-hmm. At
1: uh, he would say, cause yeah. right? That's, that's a Filipino mentality, but I started to challenge him and he would say, well, because, um, you know, there's people starving at, uh, we don't yeah. want to throw it away. And I would challenge him again. Why would we throw it away? Well, because say we're not eating it. Yeah, but we have a refrigerator now. <laughs> we have a microwave now. And these are things that were built into us. Because say young past, yung um, where we grew up from. Of course, we all know that Nonito had grown up in a province, mm-hmm. um, walang electricity. Of course, there wow. was no microwave at uh, walang refrigerator. So these stories of our parents and our grandparents had had almost ingrained into our DNA mm-hmm. at we're not realizing that the lifestyle that they live the things that they didn't have access to it's not our life right now
0: exactly at, we're yeah. taking
1: their stories um, of scarcity with us now and when he realized that, Actually, you know what? I think I'm actually good with eating, you know, half a plate. I I could put it in your refrigerator. And then later for dinner, I can eat it again because it's still there. It's still fresh. It's not um, spoiled. And I could reheat it as if it's warm, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we have to get out of that mindset. And he was like that when I first met him, especially at 112. Um, He would always eat. He would go from 112 to about 145, 150. Cause say he's like I have to eat this because Siang and I'm like why <laughs> we have a fridge we have a microwave <laughs> and we've taught our boys that um, Jeral and Logan um, because when Gerald was young um, I st- he would say that he's like he has to eat everything on his plate and I'm like but wait why and he said because it's Siang I was like but we have a refrigerator and I told him when we start to ignore young. Um, Yung signals in our body. Diba? Mm-hmm. Our, our our body tells us diba? like you're full. Yeah. When we start ignoring yung signals at a very young age, because we're being guilted into eating yung boong plate. Yeah. We start to ignore yung signals a body. At when that happens, then when you get older, it you don't even recognize it anymore. So we try to teach. um, He's been retaught that when your body signals I'm done, it doesn't need to be overdone. Even if it's good, it's still going to be good tomorrow. But we teach our boys that when that signal in your body says I'm full, you're not. You need to listen to your body. Your body tells you signals. But because of our past and what we have been grown up to, Mm -hmm. we listen to those more than than anything else and it becomes a detriment so once he started to understand that um he started to understand that food was fuel then he started to just only eat enough not eating for five days because he didn't know when his next meal was he was eating just enough to sustain his food is fuel
0: okay nice Okay, and one more thing, I promise. I want to talk about catchweight. Um, okay. Do you remember when uh, Manny Pacquiao actually fought Miguel Cotto and the, um, the organization has to make, I think, this is just my own opinion, I have a huge respect for Manny Pacquiao or anybody that steps in the ring. Um, they actually made a diamond belt for that. That's for that fight alone. And I thought that was actually, if I'm allowed to use the term, stat padding because the belt does not exist you know for me wbo wbz that that's that's it you know there's a lot of champions now and there's a lot of belts that you don't even recognize oh that there's that belt um i want to ask you is it for in your own opinion is it legitimate i mean uh, legitimate uh, to to have those kind of catchweight belts just to have a title fight or should we stick with the old uh, belts that was that was already established a long time ago
1: um, for me, I just uh, like my own opinion is that catch weights don't exist. Yeah. Um, if you can't make either weight, if you can't make either the lower weight division or the higher weight division, it fight. doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and that's only from my experience from coming from Olympic style taekwondo. And um, it, you had to, I had friends that would fight in the higher weight divisions and they would mm-hmm. have to, they would fight in two weight divisions and they would make the lesser weight division. And then they would eat the following day to make the higher weight division. Um, And there was a minimum um, for them to meet, right? They had to meet the minimum weight to make that weight. And Mm -hmm. um, for me, I don't think that there should be a catch weight. There shouldn't be a catch weight. Um, I think if you're going to fight for a belt, you decide which belt you're going to go for. If you're going to go for 122 or 126, then you have to make that weight. End of story. The guy who's coming up, coming down. From let's just say 140 has to make 126. The guy who's going up from 115 has to make somewhat around that or below 126, which is really that—that's what it is. But to create a catchweight for me is—it's just I—I um, I don't feel like that's a belt because there is no catchweight belt. Um, if they want to make a catchweight belt, then let's make a catchweight belt, but don't 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 um, title it. As a welterweight belt, if it really wasn't a welterweight fight, like if it, if for example, if it was um, if it was a one eighteen belt, and we were fighting at one fourteen, yeah, then it should be a one fourteen yeah. fight. It shouldn't be a one eighteen fight. Um, that's my personal opinion, but I mean, uh, of course, a lot of people have their own opinions about it. But I just feel like there's enough weight divisions. Um, and I don't think catch weights are something that we should get used to.
0: Okay. Um, just one more promise. Last You know, I don't get this chance as often. Um, you know, I have been clamoring for Indonesia to fight. Why don't you?
1: You're, I mean, we're live all the time. Why don't you ever come up? These are uh, be- great questions.
0: I because I don't know how to, you know, I thought that you, I, I'm just supposed to chat and you're supposed to pick up my name. I didn't know that there was a link that you go there and then that's how it works i didn't well, know Well, now that.
1: you know so can you okay before your next question can you plug your channel so then at least we can see your channel and we can follow you there? that
0: would be great you know i have a very small podcast that i do um you know what rachel way back before 2007 i used to make boxing predictions already you know um Manny pacquiao was coming up during that time but he was not that big oh no no 2003 but my channel was very small and it was very shy on camera. I was doing it for the love of boxing. You know, um, my, my, uh, the biggest fighter that I really was somehow fascinated was Bernard Hopkins. Um, and Floyd too. Um, I, I belong to that uh, generation. Um, anyway, I want to talk about Casimero versus Nenito Donaire because I've been clamoring for this fight. And I don't really pay attention uh-huh. to the BS in between and the noises um and just just an advice you guys don't have to do that as well you know because it's a waste of time you know it's just toxicity it's just it's not even worth talking about you know the promoter versus a promoter um i mean why you know you know support each other if you want to fight then that's that let's do that why do you have to talk about the in-betweens and oh you're doing that and you're doing this you're not doing this right that's their own business you know So I just, as a fight fan, like everybody, we just want to see the fight and we're excited about it. Um, In my own opinion, Nonito is actually way ahead of Casimero. With all due respect to Casimero, Nonito has a better footwork. He's just more technical. Um, But, you know, anything can happen during a fight. Casimero has power. But I've always wanted to ask Nonito this. Um... What does he think or what do you guys think holds the biggest threat that um, um, Casemiro would bring during the fight?
1: Um, I think the biggest threat that he has is just the fact that he throws uh, extremely wide and with all his might. Um, Yeah. We know that if he were to throw something, it would be everything that he has. And that is a positive and it's also a negative. Mm-hmm, um, course, when you yeah. throw something with everything that you have, it you will be um, negated by your mm-hmm. balance and your timing yeah. um, and you're open for shots. And mm-hmm. uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that is what Rigan Dow knew. Um, mm-hmm. His balance was um, was off um, during the fight with and Dow. And he knew that after he, he um, fainted him, he would come full force. And when he came full force, he would be off key, um, just completely. His his body would be twerked one way. His footing would be off. And um, he knew that he wasn't going to be able to follow up from that. Um, so I think with that, um, that is something that we look uh, for as far as um, uh, amateur, uh, amateur background, mm-hmm. foundational movement. And um, we've always we that's what we look for is those things that um that he's consistently doing and i appreciate what you're saying like i understand what you're saying like the, the back and forth like this is
0: yeah
1: trust me this is not something that we ever wanted to be in it's funny because it, it it is a give and take it is something that's a poison and it's also uh the good apple right um a lot of people don't understand how me and o'neill think they don't understand um, what I do, why I do, or how near is. He's freaking cool it. He's he's super cool it. But nobody <laughs> sees that because they, when and we talked about this when we um, when we do a CNN interview or a Ring TV interview, it's always very black and white. Yeah, and they never see his his personality here. He can you can yeah. see his personality, mm-hmm. but when you see his personality, it comes with the good and bad. So you will see him get mad you will see me cry you will see like i saw that dots back and forth right yeah and i mean that's really it like i said it's the good and bad of things and it it will be what it is um but in the ring um i can't control what happens in the ring Mm -hmm. i know what i've seen against casimiro um what happens between him paul and paul butler um it remains to be seen on December 11th because we all know like there's some promotional issues right now and now he's in the states which I wouldn't have sh- suggested because Dubai is closer to the Philippines than the mm-hmm. states um, mm-hmm. he would have about three weeks here in the US and then he'd have to go over there and then get quarantined it's a little bit too much for me as far as what I would advise him to do again not his advisor not his manager but these are things that we see. And when we are asked, because literally, in all due respect, we didn't push our way into helping them. They had asked us and we sat back and all we ever want to do is help um, the Filipino boxers actually have a chance. Because besides Manny, besides Nonito, and they took different paths, there hasn't been another Filipino boxer that's actually rose to that status and can Maybe a little bit has- you know
0: fought in vegas once or twice and then after that they never change their style i don't want to mention any um uh you know uh, boxing stable because i don't you know uh, that's not my thing and i'm not a boxer but i've been to the gym i've seen them train you know but their fight you know every time they they lost they don't have no adjustments and anyway yes i know exactly what you're talking about but, but
1: that's, that's twofold, though. Yeah. So, okay, you're talking about the boxing ring, which I completely understand. And that's mm-hmm. something that would have to be really worked down with the um, strength conditioner and the head trainer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second, or well, I guess this, the other part of the equation is the manager and the promoter. Are you getting paid what you should be getting that paid? That too, yeah. Why is it that? Yeah, so why haven't we seen another Filipino that's well off? In how many years that we've been watching Manny, why hasn't there been another Filipino? And that's the biggest question. Um, and that's what I'm starting to find out. Um, I've wow, I've, that's um, I that's mean, we've always we we've, yeah. we've all heard about the ones that have gone overseas and have not made what they're supposed to. And I've seen some really um, disturbing paperwork or lack of paperwork um, in boxing today. And I feel like God always puts us in situations that we're supposed to be able to handle. And if where I'm supposed to be is to be able to say, no, this is not right. You signed for $10,000 and you only got $2,000 to go back home to the Philippines. That's not okay. Then if it's me, then it's going to be me. I will I will be that person. I will be that shield and I'm strong enough and I know I know way too many paperwork and I know too many licensing. So that's, great. that's what scares yeah. me.
0: Yeah, because it's sad, you know, a lot of boxers retire and they don't have anything. And that's that's the only know what I mean, that's the only thing what they know what to do, you know, to box. Um, you know, it's something that somehow it's very, very intriguing to me because I have no idea how the pay cuts are somehow worked out for example how much percentage is going to the trainer and to the manager and what is this guy doing behind me that's just cheering all the time and what is this guy doing um normally racial um for example for a promoter how much does the promoter make out of a fight for example for a price fight does that 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 depends on the contract for a promoter how much pay cut does a promoter make out from a fight, for example, from a main event um, fight, for example?
1: So what's interesting is that um, for a promoter, that sole promoter, mm-hmm. um, they don't have a percentage necessarily. Oh, okay. That's why the Muhammad Ali Act comes into play. So when the Muhammad Ali Act comes into play, they uh, the fighter is notified as to how much the television rights are, they cost, the mm-hmm. sponsorship, and the tickets. Um, Based on that, you can start to negotiate um, how much you really are worth. But you have to understand that, you know, if there's a fight card and ticket sales, um, it's not 100% you. It might be 50% your your opponent. Then Mm -hmm. it's another 25% the other card, right? So when it comes to that, that's not really a thing. But if you're co-promoting, and I co-promote, I mean, like, let's just say top rank. So let's just say top rank. Yeah co-promotes with MP promotion. Yeah. Usually what they do is they'll cut MP Promotions 20% of the fighter's purse. So if the fighter's purse is 300,000. Now it's less 20%. Yeah. Um, after that, then if it's a Filipino fighter and they're not based in the U S then they get another 30% taken out um, head trainers, about 10% management is 10 to t- 30%. Um, if you have a strength and conditioning, um, that varies. Um, Another 5%, usually cutments, the highest in their game, are 1% of the purse. And then in addition to that, any expenses that you you advance. So if you didn't have any money, you needed money for training camp, um, foods, and things like that, that gets deducted against your purse.
0: Wow. So there's a lot of things that goes into it. That's why by the end of the day, it's only a small purse that goes to the fighter. Uh, that depends really. Can you imagine having to go to, tr- to go with training and having to find the people that you can actually trust with your money? You have to train, you have to focus with your body, but you know the business aspect of it, you know, I don't want to care about that because I want to focus on this fight, right? So I really admire those fighters who are knowledgeable about where their money's going and how much pay cuts are my team getting. Okay, Rachel. I'm sorry. I I I know that there's a lot of people that that want to come out, uh, come up. I, I just uh, I want to ask you just last question. Um, what is the biggest challenge that you're somehow experiencing right now as a lady promoter? The biggest challenge
1: with what promoter? Uh,
0: being a being a promoter. What is your biggest challenge somehow that you are experiencing?
1: Okay. So just to Just to clarify, I'm not a promoter. I advise Nonito. I'm his manager. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been that um, for about 13 years. I was a co-manager for a while. And then about 2015, 2014, um, his manager let go of the reins. And it was because he knew I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest challenge is no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no one believes me. Um, everyone says, you know, she's just having her period or she's having <laughs> time of the month. And, and literally like anything I do is no matter how deep I have put myself and how, um, how much I have invested into really finding out the facts, it's always, I am painted as that bad person, you know, <laughs> um, that's the biggest thing. and. Um, I think for me I know in the truth I stand and that's the only thing that ever gets me through is knowing that the emails I have the laws that I've stood by the licensing and everything that anyone ever has by it's it's all black and white like you can say I'm pmsing and I'm showing all the evidence in the world and it's just because I am it doesn't matter it, it the truth and black and white pictures don't matter so No matter what I've done in the industry and no matter how many paperworks, because I will say that men and my husband will back me up if I ever ask him. Men do not keep paperwork. And when they don't and they let things lapse. um, And... um, they don't get contract signed because they're doing a gentleman's agreement with whatever is, is, is you know, is these not illegal kind of things. Oh. When you start going into it and you start questioning it, then, mm. you know, they get kind of threatened because now the um, their ability or their uh, their ability to to actually do business the way that it's supposed to do gets threatened. And instead of it being some type of way, being more rational and Mm -hmm. saying like hey well maybe i forgot or maybe this or maybe that it's more of it's always going to be an attack on my my gender than it is on what evidence i actually provide as facts
0: okay but anyway um i applaud you for that you know i I think what you're doing is very brave and honestly i can see you somehow maybe promoting the needle, uh maybe in the future i don't know but anyway, Rachel, I want to say thank you so much for putting me up and um, I will be grabbing this video because I'm going to be putting this on yes, my podcast and sure. pretend that it's my it's my show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come back again. You are so welcome. I've never seen you here and, you know, when Onido's here, this is kind of like my, I don't care. It doesn't matter because anything I ever speak of, I always well. have the yeah. truth behind me, but mm-hmm. But please please come when you know No needle's here and we'd love I to have love you to. again.
0: I would love to. Guys, thank you so much and God bless you. Have a great time.
1: Thank you. Dad say thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you sir. <laughs> I can see that you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, salamat kaayo. Salamat. salamat bossing. Sige, sige, sige. Bye-bye.
1: Yeah. Bye. Yeah. That was a really good interview, don't you think, Dad? Yep. Yeah.